right, welcome to another All About Nothing podcast. It is the week of August the 30th, or August 27th, or September 2nd, whichever. Whatever you want to call it, it is Wednesday, so we're actually doing the podcast on the normal night. And I keep saying we. It's just me. I'm the only one here, literally. The dog isn't even sitting close enough to me to be in the show. Way over there. Clearly licking herself. Anyway. Because it's Wednesday, we do the podcast. This is, of course, the uh, opening week for college football. Uh, we got college football opening Thursday night. I think even on Sirius XM, they're doing like a whole day of uh, football. It's National Football Day on uh, Sirius XM this Thursday. So if you have that, of course, you can listen to basically talk radio where they'll be talking about college football, pro football, all of them. We had our uh, Fantasy Football League draft this past Sunday. In some cases, I could say I did fairly well. According to Yahoo, I did extremely poorly. They fully expect me to finish in last place this season. A little disappointed in that. I thought I did pretty good. When we drafted, we we drafted on the uh, NFL.com fantasy page. And um, it gave me a grade of A. In fact, I'll, um, I'll pull it up and read it to you. Because um, when I read my draft recap... In my in my grade for uh, my fantasy football team this season, I I was ecstatic. I mean, okay, so uh, ju- and I'm just going to read some of it verbatim because it's just easier that way, and I can't really ad lib some of this stuff because it's not ad libable. Um, <laughs> so on the NFL fantasy app, it said uh, it said quote built on a pair of Falcons passing with a 25 point lead. By the way, that's my that was my team name. Passing with a 25-point lead. And the reason I chose that was because of the Falcons last year in the Super Bowl being up by 25 points and deciding to pass. Who passes with a 25-point lead? Run the... Anyway, all right. That's not to not to rehash the, uh, the, 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 the Super Bowl last season because hopefully the Falcons will be good enough to get into the Super Bowl again this season. That's what I'm hoping for. Anyway, so uh, NFL Fantasy Football app, uh, the uh, the website gave me a draft grade of a which i thought was terrific i'm looking at this thing it says i'm projected to record a 13 and 1 season projected to win in first um, which means i would take the whole league i thought that was awesome and then we moved over to the yahoo fantasy app because uh, nfl is junk um, their app is just terrible there is there, there is nothing about it that was easy to use um, if you were using the app on your phone, you had to deal with the fact that you would get notifications for messages. If you're on iPhone, you would get notification app messages. Um, you would go to read them, but there would be literally nothing there. Um, or if there was something there, um, I could not clear it and, and, and I could not find whatever message it was. It thought that I had not yet read. So I would go in there like three or four times and then I would think I'd find the message and I would, I would click on, or I'd tap on it, and I'd open it, and then I'd close it, and then I'd close the app. And then, lo and behold, I'd get another map, uh, another uh, notification telling me I had a message. So I'd go back in and look, and sure enough, it was the exact same message. Nothing nothing seemed to reset. It just, And I, I don't want to harp on the NFL app too much 
because I'm sure those things are not easy to make and it's complicated, whatever, but uh, it, it is, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's junk. If you were on Android, it almost didn't work at all. You would you would go and you would try to look at your, um, you would try and go look at your team and you couldn't. You couldn't look at the league to pull up to see what was there because it would tell you that it was a failure to connect or it was a connection failure of some sort. Um, if you uh, went to messages, you could see that there were messages, but you couldn't read them. Um, and it was just it was just this, a whole lot of issues. So we made the decision on uh, Monday afternoon that we were going to go ahead and switch over and use Yahoo. Now, we looked at a couple other apps. Uh, we looked at CBS's uh, fantasy app. And while it looked okay and it looked like it'd be easy enough to use, um, there wasn't a whole lot of like customization. You basically had to use it the way they had set it up. And to use it the way that they had set it up uh, left us out on the ability to uh, adjust some of the points for things. Um, and, and in order to customize, you wound up having to pay. And, and honestly, they're already throwing advertisements at you. Why is it that we have to pay for that? It just didn't, it didn't make sense. Um, some of us had used Yahoo before, so um, Chris and I just decided we were going to go ahead and switch over to Yahoo, and everyone else seemed like that they were on board. Uh, so last night, Chris and I went through and we moved everyone's draft picks over into the fantasy football app for Yahoo. And um, after it worked through doing its uh, assessment of our drafts, um, there was <laughs> there was a lot of disappointment. Um, I mean, even people that had got gotten ranked with great drafts, like a, a scorecard of an A or an A minus or whatever, um, the the Yahoo app is pretty funny in the way, or the Yahoo page is is pretty funny in the way that they 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 go through their assessment and their summary of how you did in your draft. Um, so I'm just I'm not going to go over everyone else's, but I'll just do mine. Um, when I read it, uh, first of all, they put me at the very bottom. So I had a grade A at the NFL page, but on the Yahoo page, they put me at the very bottom. They say that my draft is a C minus at best. Um, it says that uh, my team was set up perfectly to draft a playoff caliber team with the second overall pick, which is true. I did have the second overall pick. Um, but instead of using that to my advantage, apparently they believe that, uh, I chose to go a different route that's geared more towards losing harsh. I didn't pick with the idea that I wanted to lose. Um, that apparently they think my week five is going to be a good opportunity for me to go and practice yoga. <laughs> so I shouldn't watch football that week. Um, let's see. Uh, they said I got off to a lackluster start winding up with the weakest projected point total in the league during the first half of the draft. I don't get that. I, I thought I drafted pretty well. Um, let's see. They say uh, uh, Julio uh, is only projected to win to to rank eighth in the league with fifteen hundred and forty two yards. I don't necessarily believe that. I think he'll do better than that. Matt Ryan, uh, he, while he accounted for nine point three yards per attempt in twenty sixteen, um, they don't believe that he will approach that this season. Um, I picked up Mark Ingram, uh, then Jordan uh, Jordan Reed. Uh, tight end. Uh, let's see. I okay, and and I, I I think I know why it is that they think um, that I might not have done so well. Um, <laughs> I picked up Julian Edelman, and let me explain why. Um, Julian Edelman was on my pre-draft setting, my pre-draft list, and while I was doing research in the fifth round, 
Um, I was not paying attention to Edelman at the top of my list because I had already gone through uh, several of my uh, picks. And uh, as the clock ticked down, I looked up and I saw Edelman was there and it did not occur to me that he had been injured um, with uh, with uh, torn ACL, I think. And basically he's out for the season and uh, they are not projecting him to play at all. So I drafted someone who has no chance of playing this season. I believe this probably has a lot to do with why my draft has been uh, graded so low and I get it. I was, it was dumb. I should have been paying more attention. Um, not a lot I can do at this point except drop him, which I did and, uh, and then pick up from there to see if, uh, see if I can fix some of the issues. Um, it's not, uh, you know, the grade doesn't necessarily mean that that's how I'm going to do for the season. It's just a grade on, on, on statistics and things like that. But, uh, it was it was pretty funny some of the things they said and I, I think ultimately a lot of the people that uh, that I play with in this league read theirs and were disappointed in the verbiage that was used to describe how well they drafted. Um, it's uh, it's it's pretty funny and if you ever if you do fantasy football and you do Yahoo go in there and check out your draft report card because uh, it it is it is not written with the intent of making you feel good of how you did. It's really driven. Uh, and it's, 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 it's used to really drive home the point that you probably aren't going to do that great. So, uh, we'll see. Um, it's just for fun. You know, that that's all it is. It's just for fun. But the takeaway from all of that is basically that this season, at least this season, I don't know how the NFL de- app did on Android and iPhones last season, but at least this season, um, NFL app is junk. So, if you're on NFL and you're doing your draft and you're doing your fantasy league on it, highly suggest you doing it somewhere else because honestly, you're just going to wind up being disappointed in uh, the app's performance. Um, maybe they get their stats quicker than anybody else. I don't know. It's possible, but uh, that's uh, that's my opinion. Um, being that it is uh, preseason football right now, we're about to go to uh, week four in uh, football season, I think. Yeah. No, week three, week. I'll be honest. Now I can't think of it. Should be week four. We should be going into week four of the preseason. Um, and that is because, of course, we have uh, we have college football starting this week. So, yeah, so it's week four. Sorry, brain fart. Um, being that it's uh, week four, um, I was asked this week, if uh, if I happen to watch a lot of the preseason football, and I'll be honest with you, no. Um, and it's not because it's not fun to watch preseason football. Um, my reason for not watching a whole lot of it is just because it's preseason. And uh, a lot of the players that I want to see play aren't usually starting or they're not they're not on the field as much, you know, not on a whole game, that sort of thing, you know. Um, I did watch the Falcons Cardinals game last week. Um, one, because it was at the, uh, the new, uh, Mercedes stadium in Atlanta. And, uh, that was cool to see. Um, but two, because I was really hoping to see Matt Ryan hook up with Julio Jones. Um, but, uh, I think, I think only one pass was thrown. Um, I want to say, I think, uh, it got broken up. 
so I didn't get to see Julio catch. I didn't get to see Matt Ryan throw a whole lot. I mean, I saw him throw a whole lot, but it wasn't generally to, uh, you know, the. I think Mohamed Sanu had a couple passes thrown to him, but uh, uh, maybe caught one. They got broken up, but uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't think the Falcons really use the preseason as a uh, as an attempt to. Um, get a whole lot of points on the board or trying to win these games. I think it's more just to fine tune the competitive edge of um, the Falcons. And because they happen to retain um, a good number of their players from last season, I think that they're still pretty good. And I feel like the Falcons are going to do well. I mean, if you read any of the, the, the uh, summaries or the um, analysis uh, on the internet, it seems like a lot of people are projecting the Falcons to maybe make it into the postseason again this year. And if they make it into the postseason and they can score a lot of points, I think that they'll make it to the Super Bowl again. Of course, if they have to play the Patriots, I'm going to be pretty disappointed because it seems like the league really, really, really wants the Patriots to win. Nothing you can do about that except go out there and play. But uh, if I sound bitter, I, I feel like I still am. Um, watching the Super Bowl last season was a little hard uh, in the second half. Um, and I mean that literally it was hard to watch in the second half because, uh, we were actually in, uh, we were at Disney, uh, we were at Epcot on, uh, Super Bowl Sunday and, uh, I carried my iPad with me into the park because I knew that we were staying for the fireworks. So I had to watch the game on the Fox sports app, um, and uh, the signal at Disney is pretty good. Uh, they have they have decent Wi-Fi there, so it wasn't too difficult to watch it. It was a little odd watching it with people passing by, and uh, you know I'm of course wearing my Falcons jersey, and I'm I'm watching the game on the iPad. I'm sitting on the ground next to a trash can most of the time, um, but uh, I have people passing by and going, "Oh, Falcons are doing great. You should be you should be good." And of course, the whole time I'm thinking, honestly. Um, as good as the Falcons were that last season, uh, and as, as, as great as it was to see a 25 point lead in my head, I knew come second half, the Falcons, for some reason, just seemed to shut down. The defense starts allowing lots of points. Um, the offense doesn't produce the way they did. They, they should, they can, um, or at least how they did in the first half. And and sure enough, a 25 point lead dwindled to the, to the point where the, uh, the Patriots won in overtime. And, uh, that was, that was rough. That was <laughs> being at the happiest place on earth and being so disappointed in the Falcons losing was just heartbreaking. Cause I think that was only our second day at Disney. So I still had to go the rest of the week with that, with the, uh, the, the knowledge of, uh, or, you know, the experience of watching the Falcons lose, uh, in the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, you, I, you get over it. It's just a game. Um, uh, but uh, it is it is college opening week this week. Um, college football starts this weekend. Uh, my team is and always will be the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Uh, living here in Columbia, South Carolina, you don't find many that root for the Jackets. Um, but uh, between Clemson and South Carolina, you certainly get your fill of the ACC and the uh, SEC. Um, you got to acknowledge that there are some Georgia fans here, so they get a nod. You got Florida, Miami, Florida State. Um, so there's a, there's, there's, there are a lot of, uh, college re fans that are represented. It's, it's weird here in, in Columbia because I, I will root for Clemson. I will root for South Carolina as long as neither of them are playing Georgia tech at the time. And I'll root for South Carolina as long as, uh, you know, or as long as they're not, uh, as long as I'm sorry, I will root for South Carolina always because it's the home team. 
but I'll also root for Clemson as long as they're not playing South Carolina. Of course, I'm realistic. South Carolina is probably going to get beat by Clemson a lot, especially with the talent they have. Um, but I am expecting big things out of Georgia Tech this year. Uh, they don't have necessarily a brand new facility, uh, but they do have, uh, from what I've heard, they have uh, new equipment or what I've read. Um, you know, Paul Johnson got to keep his job because he went nine and three last season and was a very competitive team. Um, in fact, uh, I think it was the season before that uh, the uh, AD at Georgia Tech um, basically was given Paul Johnson his walking orders, and and uh, Paul Johnson got up in front of the press and said, "Look, you want us to be competitive with Clemson and Florida State and University of Georgia? You, you, we can't do it with what facilities we have. You can't recruit like that with not have not having." The, the, the money being invested into the program. And, uh, and, and Paul Johnson was exactly right. And it, 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 it worked to his benefit because the AD got fired and replaced. And now Paul Johnson does, he may not have brand new facilities like, you know, Clemson has and the university of South Carolina got a few years ago, university of Georgia has been getting, but he, he did get new equipment and, um, he definitely seems to be able to, uh, get these team, to uh, to do what he wants and and he can direct them in a way that gives them wins. I mean nine and three on a season after a three and nine season before that is just terrific. Um, if Georgia Tech does the, what I want and what I think they're capable of doing, I think Georgia Tech could easily not easily. I think Georgia Tech could possibly go um, eleven and one on the season. And if I'm going to go through all their wins and losses, I would say Tennessee should be a win. JSU should be a win. They'll be at UCF. That should be a win. Home against Pittsburgh. That should be a win. Uh, home against North Car- North Carolina. That should be a win. Um, away at Miami. That's an uncertainty. You still got Mark Rick coaching down there, and Mark Rick seems to have had Georgia Tech's number when he was at Georgia. Uh, Miami is not the team they were ten years ago, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't beat Georgia Tech. Um, but uh, to so so if I'm gonna put in put a dash on Miami just yet, I have to see the way they play over the next three or four weeks and how Georgia Tech plays. But it's entirely possible Georgia Tech could go to Miami and win. Uh, Wake Forest is at Georgia Tech, so that should be a win. The only loss I see on the season, possibly, probably, likely, is going to be Clemson. Um, that's at Clemson, so you're playing at Death Valley, and you're playing against the national championship team. And, and while they have had some change-ups on, their, uh, on the team, um, I, I fully expect Dabu to do what he does, and that's, that is get Clemson wins. They, they, they architect, uh, they, they, they create their wins, and they do it very well, especially right now. Following Clemson, uh, let's see, they're at Virginia, so that uh, I don't see Virginia to be in a powerhouse this year, so that, that could be a win. Uh, Virginia Tech is at Georgia Tech, so that should be a win. At Duke should be a win. And then come home versus Georgia to end the season, and that should be a win as well because I don't think Georgia's going to be as good this season as uh, some people think they might because this is Kirby Smart's second year. I really think that um, he needs another year building before they have a uh, another, another powerhouse Georgia team. So um, you don't have Florida State in Georgia Tech's schedule this season. So Tech could really have a possibility of an 11-win season. So uh, I know it seems far-fetched, and I'm overly, 
probably giving a lot of credit to Georgia Tech, but you know that's what you do. If you're a fan, you root for them and you hope that they win, and you give them the uh, the stats before the season starts to to do that sort of thing. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for, you know. But that's college football. That's pro football. That's uh, you know our fantasy football. And I'll give updates and whatnot along the way, just basically telling you how I'm doing in fantasy football or who I'm playing that sort of thing. Um, but uh, that's all coming up uh, very soon. We'll have uh, fantasy football with the NFL starting, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, we did just start kickball, and uh, so uh, it's the fall season, and I can honestly say this is easily the largest kickball team that I have ever played on. Um, we have had teams in the past where we struggled to even have the numbers show up for the games. But this season, uh, the Ball of Duty team has 19 people on it. Um, I've got several people from work that are playing with us. I've got a bunch of returning players that are playing with us and a bunch of new people. And uh, we played last Thursday, and we won 9-1. to one. Um, And I would say it was probably one of the best, best, I would say it was one of the, the more fun games that we've played because um, no one no one seemed to act like they were bored or that they, they weren't interested. Um, we did have uh, we have uh, one of our returning players, Mike Dillon. He, um, he kicked a grand slam. That's the first time we've ever had that happen. I mean, it went over the fence. Granted, it's a, it's a short fence. I'll, I'll give it to the other team. He did kick it over the short fence. But we're playing on the football field. And uh, at the angle we're playing at, it brings that fence in, and um, it's uh, it's entirely possible we play there again in a couple of weeks that uh, we could have another another uh, grand slam. But uh, I was on second when we kicked that grand slam, so congratulations to Mike Dillon for that. That was fun to watch. Uh, again, nine to one over uh, the team we were playing, and honestly, right now I can't even think of what their name is. Um, oh, sit on my base uh, is the name of the team we played uh, this week. We are playing. Camp Anawana, and if uh, you are my age, then you remember watching, probably, you remember watching Salute Your Shorts on uh, Nickelodeon, and the camp that the was the setting for the show was called Camp Anawana. Um, they could be tougher this week. Uh, they beat um, Pitches on My Kick last week uh, 16 to nothing. That is a huge score. In fact, if I can't, I'll be honest with you, if I would prepared better, I probably would have been able to tell you what inning that probably ended in. Um, we did beat them last year, last season. Um, pitches on my kick, at least. Um, we did beat them. So I feel like maybe uh, they got Camp Onawana, got a win um, out of a team that probably isn't that great. So I'm hoping that maybe we can get a win and get a big point number total uh, runs, lots of runs on uh, on that game tomorrow night. But uh, actually, now that I think about it, I'm almost certain that we probably won't get to play this game because uh, it'll wind up getting postponed. Um, Hurricane Harvey, of course, has uh, ravaged the uh, Gulf Coast of Texas. Um, there are places that they're saying have gotten between 30 and uh, 50 inches of rain. Now, when you watch the news and you they try to give you some perspective on how much water that is, they'll give you um, they'll give you uh, scenarios or, or, or examples of, you know, so if you're trying to figure out how much water that is, uh, you would you would take um, 
they give you the, the the one example I keep hearing is picture Niagara Falls. And if you've never been there, it's huge. Um, but you picture Niagara Falls and you have to imagine water flowing over Niagara Falls. Um, I want to say they say for like six days or seven days or 10 days or something like that. Anyway, they give you this to, to give you an idea of how much water. And uh, they say that um, there is a and when they, they talk about it, they say that it is uh, between 30 and 50 inches in some spots in uh, the Gulf Coast area of Texas near Houston and uh, down towards Corpus Christi and that such. Um, but they they give this crazy total of how much water that actually is. And they say and, and, and I guess the number that I've heard several times recently is one trillion gallons of water. You know that much rain covered over that that much land. Um, they're saying there is there is the possibility that there is a trillion gallons of water, and um, that is just huge. I can't even imagine what that kind of weight must be doing on the ground of you know that area, um, because uh, you know I. I, I don't even know if that has any effect. I'm just saying that just seems like a lot of water. Now, here in South Carolina, back in 2015, so two years ago, almost two years ago, um, from uh, in, in October, um, we had what they said was a, a, a historic flood. Basically, we had a, a storm system, or I'm sorry, a frontal system, that, or a frontal boundary or whatever, a storm system that was approaching from the west. And then we had a hurricane offshore and the way everything set up, basically this, this system that came in from the West set up and then stalled out, but had, had some sort of a draw that it was pulling moisture off of this hurricane. And when it was pulling the moisture off the hurricane, it wound up having, it wound up creating a system where the, the tropical storm or hurricane that was off the coast of South Carolina, as it was moving all of the moisture was just being pulled off of it and directed straight into South Carolina. So places between uh, Charleston and Columbia, all the way up to Greenville and, and, and almost into North Carolina, um, I think there were places here that wound up recording something like 24 to 30 inches of rain over a three-day period. Um, and, and when that occurred, of course, um, here in South Carolina, a lot of a lot of ponds have dams that are privately owned, and um, in Lexington, where where we live, um, Lexington itself actually uh, we have a we have a, a creek called Twelve Mile Creek, um, and it has a series of ponds on it that have dams on it, and most of the dams along the way are privately owned. Well, at the north end of the creek, um, at the beginning of it comes out of a pond that is in a, in a privately owned um, subdivision called uh, Bar Lake. And Bar Lake, uh, from everything I've read, it was reported to them that uh, their dam needed repair. This was several years ago that uh, there, was a, there was an extensive amount of repair that was going to need to be done to the dam or it would have catastrophic failure. Um, apparently, the people that live around the, 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 the pond made the decision that they didn't want to see bulldozers out there. They didn't want to see any equipment out there repairing the dam. So they basically just kept putting it off and putting it off. Um, and then we have this historic flood in uh, October of 2015. And uh, the bar 
the the bar uh, lake dam goes and when it goes all of the water and debris traveled all the way down to the gibson pond uh, which is uh, near the sheriff's office here in lexington office uh lexington county um but it uh so all of the debris and all of the water slam into the gibson pond dam and take it out and of course all of that now is flowing downriver towards the uh, the Lexington Pond, uh, twelve mile pond, I think is maybe what it's called. But anyway, in 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 Lexington City, uh, we have a we had a nice pond, had a, a couple restaurants around it. It was it was beautiful. Um, it's gone because uh, all the debris and water, of course, needed a place to go, and it flowed into the pond in Lexington and took out that dam. Um, and basically just, it hasn't been repaired because, um, in order to repair something like that, you really have to start at the beginning and you have to fix the dam at Bar Lake and then you have to fix the dam at Gibson Road, uh, Gibson Pond, and then you can fix the dam in, in Lexington. The problem is, is that the Bar Creek or the, I'm sorry, the Bar Lake residents, um, apparently are not getting their dam fixed. So... Gibson isn't going to get fixed and Lexington isn't going to get fixed. And when you drive past it now, I mean, it's, it's just a big gaping hole. Um, but that is, that is just that, that is the effects of these storms. And of course people are going to deny climate change and I get it. I mean, I, if it, if it doesn't appeal to you or if you have some reason to deny it, say it's because you're in favor of corporations that uh, shouldn't regulate how much pollution they're putting out, or, or you think that there just shouldn't be regulations to, to keep things like this from happening. Um, if you if you don't believe in the 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 idea that man is causing some of what we're seeing, then great. But it, it's hard to deny. If you look around, I mean, our our weather's our, our storms are getting stronger. And they linger more. I mean, Harvey, Hurricane Harvey has lingered. Um, if it if it's not out of the southeast um, by Friday, it will have been it'll have been here for a week. And I I think its path is to take it up the Ohio River Valley, so up the Mississippi and then uh, over towards the northeast. But um, but if it doesn't if it hasn't moved out of the southeast, if it hadn't moved out of the country until the uh, the end of this week, it will have been on land almost almost the better part of a week, which, you know, when, when, when I grew up, you know, I remember, remembered experiencing the information cycles about hurricanes. And I remember how long, uh, they lasted. And it was almost like a hurricane would come in, it would do its damage, but within 24 to 48 hours, you, you had sunshine again and they could begin the cleanup process in, uh, Texas, the Gulf Coast of Texas right now, they can't do any of that. They they can't there's 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 no ability to start cleaning up because the floodwaters are still sitting because in parts of Texas it's still raining. And this is like I said, it's almost a week later. Um and it's it's hard to deny that these storms aren't getting worse. I know people that are going to deny it, but it it's if if you want to deny that man has caused it, that's fine. But I think the evidence proves that we are we are man pollution is raising the temperature um we've seen we've seen some of the hottest months recorded um you know 2014 was hotter than 2013 2015 was hotter than 2014 
2016 was hotter than 2015. Um, I don't know what they'll say about this summer. I don't think this summer has been quite as hot, um, but maybe it has. And of course, you know they, they do averages around the world to figure out what makes it um, as far as whether or not the temperature's gone up. I know here in Columbia, we didn't hit 100 except for maybe once. And uh, last year, we hit 100 several times in the month of July and August. It's been, it's, I think it felt a little bit cooler this year here in Columbia, but you know, that's just here. That doesn't mean somewhere else they didn't have record high temperatures that will offset or, you know, raise or lower the bell uh, curve on that. So it's, I, it, I, for me, I believe that the science is in. I believe that we have, we, we, we are causing um, the, the, the weather that we're seeing. You know, I know the president will get up there and he'll say that uh, this is uh, this is not, you know, it's made up. That it's just uh, it's false. It doesn't it doesn't really exist. Um, but uh, I, I just I I believe that if if it's ignorant to do that, I believe that you are you are clearly trying really really hard to ignore uh, what is going on around us. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that we're going to see more storms like this. You know, there's a there's a hurricane or there's tropical storm Irma right now out in the Atlantic that's um, barreling its way towards the uh, lesser Antilles. I think it's highly possible that if it holds together, we could see a storm um, approach the uh, the eastern coast of the United States. And uh, and if it does, I'm hoping that it's not what we have in Texas, but you know, it's entirely possible that it could be, and we could be ravaged by two major hurricanes this season. I think it's, it's, it hadn't happened since 2005. And that's the other point. So, you know, Hurricane Harvey sitting off the coast or sitting, you know, over Texas on the coast, you know, inland, sitting on the coast, raining and raining and raining for days. If you remember Katrina, um, when, when Katrina hit New Orleans, it was out of there within like, 40 hours, 36, 48 hours, it was gone and you had sunshine. Um, that's not to say it was great, but you did have, and it was hot. Um, but you did have rescuers had the ability to get in there with helicopters and whatnot and rescue people off their roofs in the sunshine. It was, it was in, in Texas this week, they have had to deal with torrential downpours while they're trying to save people from their rooftops. And, uh, and and it's 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 been a horrible situation. You're hearing reports of some, you know, the death toll. I think as today was up to 21 confirmed, um, and that included uh, a family of six that was trying to escape the floodwaters, and their car got swept out from under them. I think um, I think it was several children and a couple grandparents, and um, it was. I mean, it's just it's heartbreaking uh, what's going on in Texas and. Uh, you know, just to just to end the show tonight, um, just thoughts and prayers. And, and if you can, there are plenty of programs out there that you can donate money to or donate goods. But I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, money, if if you have the money and you can donate, because that is what is going to go the furthest. Um, our you know, our president has said that he will make sure that there is uh, money allocated to help. But that only goes so far. You know, the government, the government's going to make sure that they take care of uh, the things that they take care of. But 
for the charities to make sure that people are fed and that clothed and that they have shelter. Um, it's going to take money and that is the best thing you can do. There's so many ways. Just look it up. There's, there's tons. You can donate through your phone. You can donate to the Red Cross through your phone. You can do Facebook there. And, and they're all, they're all going to make sure that the money goes that way. And, and I, I, I feel confident that they're going to take care of people, but that that's, that is the best way to handle it. So thoughts and prayers, of course, but if you have the money and you can donate, um, let's not send, we don't necessarily need to send clothing or food or anything like that. They need money. Let them, let, let the, the groups that do this, let them take care of buying the food and clothing and shelter. Again, money. That's the best way to take care of it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end it. Uh, thank you very much for listening this week. As always, follow me on Facebook, on, uh, <laughs> follow me on Twitter, uh, at Barrett Gruber. Uh, This has been the All About Nothing podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. We'll do it again next week. The All About Nothing podcast is a member of the GOT Podcast Network.